Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review, the show that's got no pithy intro, which can only tell you one thing, shit just got serious. Uh, we're looking back at, in a freeform style, what can only be described as an atrocious defeat at Southampton. A city are no longer the kings of the Carabao, as the last couple of seasons seem to show. What does it all mean? Just how bad was that? What are the consequences? I've no idea what we're going to say. We're going to freeform it, and I'm delighted to have the best person possible to discuss what on earth happened last night, and of course look forward to a rather important match early Saturday afternoon. Good morning, Asan. Morning, Howard. How are you? I'm in a great mood. Really? Why? Yeah. Well, because <laughs> How there, is dare life, you? <laughs> there is life outside of football. I, I, I have... Uh, I have learned that there is life outside of football, and at one o'clock today, I'm going to pick up my uh, my residency card, which ah, means sweet. that I will no longer be stateless, and I will officially be an official resident of uh, of this beautiful island. So, Brilliant. so yeah, so I'm in a great mood. All right, football notwithstanding. Yes, indeed, <laughs> it couldn't have been the football unless you're an absolute masochist and. Uh, get a, a little thrill out of that but I did yeah. I did say in a previous podcast I think to an opposition fan I think as City fans we were never happier than the old days when we got to moan all the time so mm. who knows you might get something out of it so should we crack on yes as I say free form decided to throw ourselves into this who knows where it takes us but I th- I don't tend to WhatsApp join matches. I like to concentrate on the match. But everyone was WhatsApping last night. Not just us lot, but I was on another thread as well. Uh, I even got some bizarre thrill out of watching it unfold on Twitter as well. It was hard not to comment on what on earth happened last night. So we're going to look at the match. We're going to look at what went wrong. We're going to look at whether what that tells us, what it means for the future... What Pepper's done this season, if it's on him, player responsibility, you know the score, basically. Basically trying to unravel what that defeat at Southampton meant. Right, let's jump in. You know, the annoying thing, Asan, is despite some erratic form, and of course we've come off that rather enjoyable win against Chelsea in the Cup, which I thought was absolutely wonderful, but let's not. Let's not disguise the fact we've had no consistent form this season. The mm. idea that we could win 15 on a row just seems ridiculous at the moment. But I came into this one, maybe believing the hype on Southampton themselves, that they're just a hoofball side whose manager is already, already under threat after just a few games in control. I came in actually thinking, you know, whatever happens, I don't see, I can't see how we lose this match. Did you come into this feeling that confident? No, but not. No, Which is, that's not, not normal for me. You see, I thought, yeah, I just yeah. thought whatever he picks, he'll pick a fairly strong side. We're going to do this, and nah, I felt look, I, I felt as though um, having got through the Chelsea game, uh, having got through the two Chelsea games, um, in the build up to this, this felt like the least important um, of the of the run of games, and. Because it's it was Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday early kickoff, I expected 
the team to be weak. Um, I, I'd made the point that because of the quality of players that we have, we can never be that weak. Mm. Um, but I think something that we saw last night, which uh, I think is kind of a truism, I think when you start playing around with, with wildly makeshift teams where players are maybe playing in positions they've not played before or they have just never played together before, um, you're, n you're not going to have rhythm and intensity. And City without rhythm and intensity can be quite easy to play against. And that's, unfortunately, that was my... That was my feeling 10, 15, 20 minutes into the game. That it felt a little bit like... It was it was weird. I think... The, 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 I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the thing that jumped out at me 15, 20 minutes into the game was I wasn't sure if we'd been in Southampton's half. And if we had, it didn't feel like... Like the possession stats showed that we had 65% of the ball, but I don't really remember us controlling the football... And I think there's a, in that sense, I think there's a difference between possession and control. Um, so, yeah. But no, look, go, just going into it, I, uh, I, I thought the team would be weak and I thought it'd be a little bit disjointed. And I think that that was always going to be an opportunity for Southampton. Well, they may change as well, but that's from a cup side. So I don't know how that relates to what side they would have picked for a league game. I guess we'll see because they themselves have got a big game at the weekend against Everton. So they have, you know, something on the horizon as well, which is, just makes it all the more disappointing. When you saw that team, what did you think of the City team? Was it about the strength that you expected? Yeah. Yeah, more or less it was the it was it was the, the strength that I expected. Um I'd, honestly I didn't think Gomez would play again. Um and I didn't think that Cancelo would play again. So, and I really didn't expect Walker to play at centre-back. So, it felt very, like, I kind of focused on the front three and went, all right, we've got, we've got Foden up there, we've got Grealish up there, we've got Alvarez up there, we've got Palmer up there, um, Gundo's playing, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I kind yeah. of, I took, I took the approach of, well, I'm not going to worry too much about the back four because we've got all of these great attacking players. But then... You have to be able to feed them the football. Hmm. I'm not going to break this down, this match. Uh, I have to say that's one of the worst performances I've seen from City side under Pep Guardiola. People talk about the 4-0 against Everton. Yeah, probably. Why was it so bad? I've seen a everything few people say that. Was, and I'd everything like to know was bad. Specifically, like, what was it that made it stand out as a particularly bad performance? Everything. <laughs> everything. Literally everything. There were players that didn't seem to know what they were doing, what position they were in. They couldn't pass the ball to each other. As you said, they were huge. They couldn't get... They couldn't transition. And get, they couldn't get up the pitch base. They couldn't feed it to the forward players. I forgot Alvarez was playing. To me, I actually forgot he was playing mm. in, for much of this first half until he mentioned his name. There were huge gaps. When they had the ball, it felt even worse. There were huge gaps all over the place. The passing was atrocious. They couldn't even take throw-ins properly during this match. Two foul throws in the same game. 
more foul throws than shots on target. And you could have taken one of the foul throws off and that still would have been the case. No shots on target for the first time in, I think, 45 months. What was wrong? I mean, literally, I can't tell you one thing that was right. I, I absolutely could not tell you one player in that first half who thought, oh, he's doing okay, he's doing okay. Or so, everything was wrong the- from the team he put out. Some of it's on the players, a lot of it's on the manager. Hang on, I mean, Howard, hang I on. I think Walker at centre-half is the key example of this. So. Mm. Just hang on for a second. Yeah. So I have this rule, which is that if one or two play badly, it's on the players. If the 11 yes. play bad, it's absolutely on the manager. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do generally agree. We've said that before. I said mm. 11 players don't go out and put a stinker in and are out of form. just no. doesn't happen, does it? However, I think there was some... On this occasion, some absolutely out of form, terrible player players on that pitch as well. But we said the other week, it's like like Everton. I think if you play a player out of position, a bad cross is still a bad cross. But I'm not so sure because it's all about rhythm. It's all about understanding and being comfortable where you're playing. And if Cancelo puts in a bad cross from the right wing, you can you know the the immediate logic is to say. We can't blame that on the system. <laughs> He's just put a bad cross in. But I think when you just when you when it's such a mess like this, it does affect the basics. It affects Kevin De Bruyne misplacing a pass. It affects Phil Foden trying to put a cross in, or Jack Grealish trying to get past the first man. I think it does seep out to all the other stuff as well. Though I do also think, and I'm sure we'll come to that, that there were some poor individual performances. But I do think they were hung out to dry somewhat by both lineup and system. It was, again, as we always say, it was abundantly clear after 10 minutes that this wasn't working. Mm. I mean, let's I just mean, look I... at let's just look at Walker at centre-half. I'm not going to dig him out for that performance because what's he doing there? He's played there in the back three, of course. But that first goal, I mean, he's just not used to covering that. He's a fullback. Phillips is first start for City. So that's fair enough. I was quite happy to see him get some time. But I'd rather have seen him in a normal side with a normal structure. I'd rather have seen him be a straight swap for Rodri in the sort of structure that we normally play and have had success with in the past. And then of course Gomez comes back in. That surprised me. Palmer, of course, we're happy to see him on the right wing. But again, I want to see him in a strong side to see what he can do, not in mm. some clusterfoot like this. I mean, it was it, it, so. Cancelo, where was he? I mean, <laughs> what was his position? I mean, well, just I, I, everything was just yeah baffling. I'm going to start with Cancelo and Guardiola because I think that um, there's something going on there that somebody needs to get to the bottom of and explain it to me because. Last night is not the first time this season that I've felt like a team has been built for Cancelo. And what I mean by that is a a structure has been put together where Jao Cancelo sees more of the ball than anybody else on the pitch. Now, I appreciate the fact that Cancelo is technically a really good footballer, um, but that's not a system. Like, and I, I, I'm not convinced that that's how it was meant to be, but that's how it ended up looking to me for the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, 
it felt like Cancelo had a free role um, from right back, which basically meant that there was nobody behind Cole Palmer. So there was nobody to feed Cole Palmer. Um, so there was almost no build-up on the right-hand side. And then you've got Phil, who I guess was sort of trying to play as a number 10, who's then having to drift out wide right and almost occupy sort of a, a mid a midfield number eight right-hand side position, even though that's not where Guardiola's asked him to play mm. um, to try and feed Palmer. And then on the other side, you've got Gomez, who I think we're all in agreement probably isn't good enough to play for City. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the point is in digging him out other than to say um, Grealish wasn't going to get much service and didn't really get much service from, from Gomez. Um, and Grealish and Gundo, between them, struggled in the same way that Palmer and Cancelo struggled on the on the right hand side in terms of dealing with the the, the legs and the physicality of of Southampton. Um, Seems surprised by a Southampton press again, not for the first time. I don't think they were surprised. I mean, it's look, it's really difficult because we we said at the top that um, when 11 players underperform, it's kind of on the manager. But then you begin to talk about the players, and there's some pretty shocking performances in there last night um, from back to front. Uh, and maybe this will surprise you, but the one that probably disappointed me the most uh, was Phillips. I thought he was just miles off the pace. Mm. And, and, you know... It's, it's complicated because players need to play to get rhythm. But then at the same time, and this is, this, is a, this is part of a wider conversation that I'm beginning to have about Pep this season, that I feel a little bit as though Guardiola wants to almost have a democratic squad set up where everybody gets to play more or less, yeah? And everybody gets minutes. Now, although I understand why, in theory, that could be a good idea and why, in theory, it's difficult to deal with bad faces, but at the same time, that's kind of your job as the manager. And your job as the manager is to pick the best available set of players that you've got in the best system available to win a game of football. If you start playing positional hokey-cokey and you start going, well, he, he, X isn't as good as Y, but X hasn't played in two weeks, so now X has got to play today. I think there's been a little bit too much of that this season. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.